before you take a seat, give God a standing ovation. Uh, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. It is good to be in God's house. And it's good to see uh, you here. And as you know, we've gone back to two services. So now that means we have to fill this one once again. Amen. So we want to encourage you back to school Sundays next Sunday where we pray for teachers and professors and students and, and anybody who is... I don't, even take, I don't care if you're taking cooking classes. We will, we will pray for you. And uh, invite somebody out. Uh, we do have uh, some images via social media that you can send an invitation. Or if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, they have, we have these cards that are on the table in the vestibule which says, this could change your life forever. And we have these cards which states our service time. Also... On Friday nights, we're making space for the Holy Spirit. So every Friday night, we meet at PT North, 77 Columbia Street, which we just opened uh, last week. And Sunday school was the first time we've had it uh, in, back in PT North. Praise the Lord. So God is good. Started today. So we want to encourage you to invite somebody to our service so that the house of God might be filled. But again, uh, at PT North, 77 Columbia Street, every Friday at 8 o'clock p.m., 8 to 10, we have a, what we call a uh, Friday night encounters where from uh, last Friday to the end of the year, we're just going to be before God every Friday to say, okay, God, you do what you want to do to give space for the Holy Spirit to move. And this past Friday was a wonderful time, and we're grateful to God for his goodness. Uh, let's bow our heads right now. Father, we pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of your spirit and power, so that faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. We pray that our God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. So we bless you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. It's good to see the roses here. We miss you. So good to see TJ and, and uh, Jody and the family. God bless you. Good to, good to see you here. Amen. And for those of you who don't know them, don't worry about it. Uh, this is just family reunion for us. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. Many of you might be familiar with this. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I, that is Isaiah, also saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train, that is the hem at the bottom of his royal robe, filled the temple. And his throne stood, and above his throne stood the seraphim angels. Each, angels had, each angel had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two, he covered his feet, and with the other two, he did fly. And one angel cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, that is, the Lord of heaven's angel armies. The whole earth is full with his glory. And the posts of the door 
shook at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. That is, the house was filled with the Shekinah glory of God. And then at this encounter, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's angel army. Then flew one of the seraphim angels unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken uh, with the tongs off the altar. And the angel laid that live coal upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. Also, I heard a voice, that is the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I, Isaiah, said, Here am I, send me. And the Lord said simply, Go. I want to talk about the house of encounters. The house of of encounters. And next week I want to talk to you on a subject, woe, low, and go. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about the house of encounters. Last week uh, we shared getting back to uh, basically our church and uh, for those of you who are new to our church or new to this area, whether you are in the room or online, our mission is restoring broken lives, or the long version is we exist to restore lives broken by the consequences of sin, and these consequences could be your own, or the consequences of somebody else's action that affect you. Uh, so we, our mission is restore lives broken by the consequences of sin to the place where these same, very same broken lives are, are healed so that they can bring glory and credit to God. We said that a restored life, what does a restored life look like? Uh, a restored life, our vision is to bring the spice life into a person's life. That is, we want you to grow spiritually. We want you to grow physically, which is what will happen with many of you this week when you fast. You will hope you will kind of decrease physically, praise the Lord, to grow intellectually. That is, no, don't leave your brain at the door just because you accept the Christ to grow in your character, and to grow economically, that God wants you to, uh, to prosper. And I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel in the sense that you have cars and houses and all sorts of clothes. No, I'm talking about God wants you to be uh, prosperous enough so that you can be a blessing to others. Amen. 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 If you, you, got, you always have enough to bless others, you just don't know when enough is enough. Ooh, Jesus already, he's preaching. And, and so we want to see you grow and to be a blessing to others. And then we talked last week about something very important that we don't hear many off, that often, that is the core values of our church, the, 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 the core values, the heart values, the, the, 
the things that make PTPT, the foundational values. Psalms 11 verse 3 says, if the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous really do? And you, you I, hopefully you yourself should have core values. I know in our home, we have the core values of our family on the wall. Um, we use the acronym GREEN, meaning our core values as a family is to glorify God. Core value means also relationships are very important to us. We also believe that we should be exercising, help Jesus. Uh, we should have expressive love, meaning that uh, we, we, we really pour ourselves into what we call the five love languages, and you can look that up. And also, uh, we, we strive to not be in debt, no debt, amen. And so we, you know, we, we make sure that we pay off all our credit cards at the end of the month because we don't wanna give Amex or Discover or Visa nothing. Amen. And then we have the final E. Do you know what the final E is, honey? Help the Lord, I put on. Education, exactly. Thank you. We, we believe in educating ourselves. We believe in, you know, reading and, and being continual learners. Many of you will get out of school and graduate. Don't stop learning. It's quiet in here. Some of you, maybe because you've been going to school so long, you said, I've had enough. But you always want to learn. You always want to grow. So the core values of our church is, number one, we exist as a core value is prayer. God has said he wants our church to be a house of prayer. The other thing we believe in is praising God. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, in Psalm 150, praise the Lord. If you are breathing, you ought to praise the Lord. Amen. We don't praise God. We don't praise God because we feel good. We praise God because he is good. Amen. See, praise is not predicated on whether you're saved or not. Woo. Praise, see, I can, you know, sometimes I'm watching a basketball game and there's a team I don't like, but when the player does something amazing, whether it's a dunk or takes this, hits a buzzer beater, as angry as I am, I have to, you know, kind of go, wow, that was nice. And so my point is, is that you need to praise God simply because of who God is, simply because you have breath, since you have life, my goodness, some of you, you know people who had to leave school because of financial difficulty, and yet you're still in school. You ought to praise God that you're still in school. Amen. We also believe not only in uh, praising God, but we also believe as a core value is the precepts of God. We, we, we believe in the Word of God, that our foundation must be the Scriptures. Another value, uh, another uh, core value of us church is that partnership. When you join our church, we believe, we don't call you a church member, we call you a partner. Meaning that you are part of us. Meaning that you are Pentecostal Tabernacle. Meaning that uh, we believe that we are our brother or sister's keeper. Meaning that this should be a place where if you're not at church for a while, you should be missed. 
We believe, Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then he says, and this shall know, this shall all people know that you are my disciples is if you sing happy songs. This shall all men know that you are my disciples if you're able to pray some fantastic prayers. Our heavenly most adorable father who lives in the milk. Like, no, 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 no. He says, you shall know, people shall know that you are my disciples when you have love one to another. Love one to another. We also believe not only in, be, in being partners and being our brother's keeper and, and sister's keeper and looking after each other, looking out for each other, but we also believe in being a presence in the community. In other words, if our church closed down today, would Cambridge miss us? Would our neighborhood miss us? And so we, we constantly are trying to engage in the community. Yesterday, uh, some of you may not know this, but this church, uh, which we call PT South on 77, uh, um, 56 Magazine Street, this area of Cambridge, Cambridge is divided up in about 14 neighborhoods, and this neighborhood is called uh, Cambridge Port. And then the neighborhood of PT North, 77 Columbia Street, is called the Port. And so yesterday was Port Pride Day, and the neighborhood was coming out to celebrate the neighborhood that we're located in 77 Columbia Street, and we gave 100 uh, uh, backpacks to children in the neighborhood who couldn't afford backpacks. Praise the Lord. Why? Because we believe, and, and, and I know that Cambridge has changed. I know Cambridge has come and gentrified. I know uh, 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 rents are crazy, but let me tell you something, not everybody's doing well in Cambridge. So we're able to give and be a blessing to our city, our city and our neighborhood. We, we, we're trying to be a blessing to the school uh, where we're going to have our reception outside next week, or the Amigo School. Uh, we, we pour into that school, and we have, a, we have a relationship where we get to reuse some of their facilities, and they use the church. Amen. My dream is that the, the Amigo School would have their graduation exercises, uh, the eighth grade graduation, right here in Pentecostal Tabernacle. Amen. That's my dream. You know why? Because, to be honest with you, our place is nicer. <laughs> ah. What do you mean, Bishop? They have their graduation in a gym with no air conditioning. Hmm. And so let's pray because we, again, we want to be a part of the community. We want to be missed. One of the blessing things that happened to me is when I was walking in the community as we reopened from the pandemic, I heard neighbor after neighbor saying, we miss you. Hallelujah. The other thing we want to do is to be professional. The Bible says about Daniel, in the midst of Babylon, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of a culture that hate, hated him and his, and his people, the Bible says that Daniel had a spirit of excellence. You, if you're a believer, you ought to be one of the best employees in your business, in your company. 
let me preach. When you leave, they ought to be crying that you left as opposed to celebrating, yippee, ding dong, <laughs> the witch is dead. <laughs> and as I said last week, they shouldn't be singing the song that my father-in-law used to sing when he cracked us up. He said, I hate to see you go, hate to see you go, hope to God you never come back, hate to see you go. When you come back for a visit at your old job, they ought to be saying, we miss you. We wish you were still here. As opposed to talking to the person who replaced you and says, so glad you're here now. It's quiet in this place. You ought to be excellent. You ought to be showing up to work on time. Let him preach. <laughs> Ooh. Jesus, you don't like me already, but that's all right. I'm trying, to I'm trying to help you. You need to be professional. You need to look professional. Turn your name and say, neighbor. He doesn't have to explain that. But with all of that, we want to make sure that we operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. This has to be a spirit-filled church. This has to be a church where, like Acts chapter 15, around the 28th verse, where James, when they were ready to make a decision, Bishop James, who was Jesus' uh, brother, in the uh, half-brother, same mother, different father, Bishop James said, we're about to make a decision, and we finally made a decision, and he said these words, it seems good, to the Holy Spirit and to us. The Holy Spirit must lead this church or else all we are is a non-profit organization. So you have this scripture where Uzziah encounters the Lord. My prayer, and if you can join me, my prayer over the next three to four months to the end of this year, I'm praying for three things. Number one, this will be a house of encounters with the Holy Spirit. Number two, that this will be a church that has a heart of worship. I'm not talking about singing worship songs. Here I am to worship. Here I am. No, I'm talking about the word worship literally means it comes from two uh, old English words, war and ship. Worth ship. Ship means position of, and worth means value. So a worshiper is somebody puts God in a position of value. I want this to be a church where people value God, where people respect God, where, where people honor God, where people, when they leave this place, we still honor God. Let me ask you a question, and just look, just look straight, just look, don't look at me, just look straight, just look straight. If you're online, just, just, well, I can't see you, so just look at the screen. No judgment zone, but here's a question. When you leave the church, for example, and you're now eating with your unsaved friends, 
Do you say to your unsaved friends first, I got to bless and give thanks for my food? Or do you just dig in? Boy, it's quiet here. Like, like, we should not be compartmentalizing our lives. The same way we talk in here, we should talk out there. If we praise the Lord in here, we should praise the Lord out there. Now, we may be doing it differently. Nobody needs to see you on the bus going, hey, hey, thank you, Jesus. In these days, they may be carrying you off the bus or the train. But my point is, is that when God blesses you, don't say, I was lucky. Tell, let the world know who blessed you. When you're eating lunch with your friends, excuse me, I'm, I, do you mind if I say grace over my food? Or, if you're really bold, do you mind if I say grace over our food? Or, if you're paying for lunch, I'm saying grace. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm saying grace. And you ought to thank him that I'm paying for your food as well. <laughs> Thank you. And then we want to be a place not only that encounters God, and we'll talk more about that over the next few weeks, not only a place that has a heart of worship, valuing God. Uh, I, I, want my, you know, uh, I want my home, we want our home to be an atmosphere where our children valued God, our daughters value the Lord. And, but also I want to... Uh, I'm praying that this church will be a church that has a hunger for God's word, a hunger for the scriptures. As I've shared many times, Job, who, was, who God said was one of the most, was the most honorable man on the earth at that time. He said in Job chapter 23, verse 12, he said, uh, neither have I uh, resist the commandments from your mouth. And he says, I esteem the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. When it, when it comes between food and, and your word, I want your word. Jesus said, he quotes the word. Though he's in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 4, he quotes the word. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Lord, I need your word to survive. And we don't come naturally towards hungering for God's word. And that's why I want to make sure, I'm praying that God will put a hunger in our hearts for the word. Now you have, I'm, I'm, you have these two guys, obviously Uzziah, but there's, a, there's another guy that's not in this particular scripture called Uzzah. So there's Uzzah and Uzziah. Now Uzzah, his name means my strength. Uzziah, or Uzziah, A-A-I-A-H at the end of a name means the Lord of Jehovah. So Uzziah's name means the Lord is my strength. Uzzah, unfortunately, something, good guy, but something bad happened to him. In 2 uh, Samuel chapter 6, the, the presence of the Lord was called the Ark of the Lord, which is sort of like a, a hope chest. 
And so David, after 20 years of the presence of the Lord in the hands of the Philistines, his neighbor, the, the enemy, the Philistines, they released it to say, hey, get this ark of the Lord out of here. Take, take God's presence back. And so uh, David is bringing the ark of the Lord back into Jerusalem, a good thing. And, and they're carrying the ark of the Lord on the cart. But the scripture says the only people who are allowed to touch the presence of the Lord are the Levites and the priests. So the ark is being carried in a uh, cart and it's being drawn by some oxen and the, the ark, you know, it's, it's moving along and people are singing praises. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And David, he is dancing. Yes, Lord, woo-wah, he's dancing. And all of a sudden, the ark hits this, I guess this, this little uh, ditch in the road and the ark shakes. And Uzzah, being a, being a nice guy, he, he steadies the ark so that the presence of God doesn't fall on a nasty, dirty ground. And when he touches the ark, he drops dead. And David is ticked off at God, saying, I, by your grace, finally get your presence out of the hands of the enemy. And this well-intentioned man named Uzzah, a man of strength, all he's trying to do is to make sure that your presence doesn't get messed up and you kill him. And you can look at that and say, man, God's not fair. But sometimes when God kind of acts unsteady, we put our hands to him trying to make sure that God doesn't embarrass himself. And God's like, take your hands off of what I'm doing because if I explained to you what I'm doing, you wouldn't believe it anyways. I am not looking for you to understand. I'm looking to you to, to obey. And every time you put your hands trying to fix your kids, find to fix your job, find to fix your, 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 your finances, trying to fix your church, oh God, maybe if we have a fog machine, the worship will be better. Maybe if we have dancers, you know, <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe some, if we pay people and raffle and do all, and God is saying, take your hands off of my business and seek me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge me and I'll direct your path. And so many times we keep putting our hands on God's stuff and God said, okay. And as soon as we put our hands to it to make it go, it dies. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've tried to help God. And the whole thing blows up in my face. That, isn't it amazing? Then we have the audacity to get mad at God. 
Your grades blow up at school and you get mad at God and God said, I didn't tell you to take that course. Oh, this is deep. I didn't even tell you to go to that school. But you have no idea, God. It's an Ivy League school. You don't know how many opportunities will happen if I get into school. This has to be the Lord. Certainly it's the Lord. The devil has the ability. Do you know the devil takes notes on you? Oh, I need, I need a guy who's six foot two. And yeah, he got to be light skinned because I want pretty kids. Oh, she got to be this. Oh, yeah, she can't weigh over this. And she has to have this kind of degree. And Lord knows I'm African, I'm Nigerian, I'm Ghanaian. She cannot be an American because an American can't. This boy is preaching. You giving God your list like God is le garçon, waiter, could you take my order, please? No, 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 I don't want my meat too dark. I want it, you know. And God's like, okay. And, and you have no idea. It ain't God taking the order. It's the devil. The devil saying to his, his demons, I, this ain't even my notes, honey. This must be for somebody who given God their prayer list. Like you go in a market basket. Oh, I don't like that kind of cereal. I want God, God, who is God? God is like, when I, I believe that when we pray, sometimes the Lord says, excuse you. Wait a minute, you got this twisted. I'm God. And, and, the, Lord, and the Lord says, the Holy Spirit, we, we're going to have to teach her a little lesson. We're going to have to teach him a little lesson. And then all of a sudden, you're, all, you're jacked up, everything's messed up, and you're, oh, help me. And, and then that still small voice says, I never told you to do that. You're driving a nice car, claiming it's a blessing, and now you're in debt, 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 debt. Because what you did was drive a car, you got a car to... Oh, Jesus. To make yourself look good to people because you have yet under to understand, this is a bad word right here, that your identity is not in what you drive and what you wear and who you're with and who you hang out with and what school. Your identity must be in Jesus Christ, your Lord. And anything other than that is an idol. Anything other than that is an idol. And that's why in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I wonder if Uzziah was keeping Isaiah from seeing God. Because Uzziah was a successful guy. The 
Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter uh, uh, 6, 26 rather, that he was a good king. But the problem is you can get so blessed by God and his favor on your life that you start to become presumptuous. God bless you all over the place, and all of a sudden, the way you used to pray, you don't pray anymore. Remember the days when, oh my God, every decision you made, you, you, you fasted, you prayed, you waited on God, you got your, 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 your friends who knew God, pray with me, and you heard the voice so clearly, but after he blessed you and blessed you and blessed you, all of a sudden, it's like, it's like just a little erosion. You don't pray like you used to. You're not as desperate as you used to, and all of a sudden, you stop making decisions based on what you see. Not realizing that the devil, Satan, whose name means liar, whose name means deceiver, he has literally disguised a curse as a blessing. You get this job and you say, oh God, bless me with this job, but it's drawn you farther away from him. God bless me with this church, but the church has drawn you away from it. What do you mean? Because now you're a worshiper of the pastor and the worship team and, and the bright lights, and now you're like, woo, I, I go to the hot church. Woo, I go to the, woo, that's the church. Woo, go, my goodness. You go to PT, woo, yeah, I go to PT. You go to a dry church. I go to the happening church. And you make your church a God. And then all of a sudden, the Lord allowed, I don't know why I'm preaching this way, but I know I am. All of a sudden, you come in conflict with somebody in PT, and now you're, I'm going to leave. And God's like, who told you to leave? I feel the Lord leading me to lead. And the Lord said, no, I'm, I, I'm leading you to resolve conflict. But what we like to do, because we don't want, I am preaching, because we don't want to deal with conflict or asking forgiveness or my sorry, my bad, and having hard conversations, the Lord is leading me. Because after all, the word says, his yoke is easy. Woo, Jesus. But could it be? Isaiah, Uzziah, is causing us not to see Jesus. Let's not be idol worshipers. Well, I'm here because I like bishops preaching, or I'm here because, ooh, they got a nice band. Or, oh, no, no. We need to be where Jesus wants us and where the presence of the Lord is. Because this stuff, praise God we have it, and it makes worship and being in here easier, but do not ever substitute and think that this is a substitute for the presence of God. And how many of you have been in church long enough that you've heard, I mean, some smoking bands. Well, I mean, they probably do smoke, too. <laughs> and, and amazing voices. You'll get that another time. Amazing voices. And you're like, and you're sitting there, Elder Nita, you're sitting there saying, 
oh my God, they, the singing is incredible. Oh my, the, the band, ah, oh. and then after you get, after you get caught, after you come down from there, you're like, but, but they ain't no oil. I, wait a minute. I don't feel God. How many of you have been in a church where the preacher's preaching and the Lord said, ah, ah, somebody praise and preach. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and, you're, and you're caught up in it and then you're like, wait a minute. I don't, yeah, what is he saying? I had a friend one time, this is a true story. He got so caught up, he got so caught up in his own preaching. And he said, and he, I mean, he was going. And all of a sudden he said, hickory dickory knock. The mouse ran up the clock. And his wife, who's an intercessor, looked at him and said, you are in trouble. When you get home, and he told me, he said, she lit him up. What you up there preaching that foolishness? Hickory dickory dock. But there's some preachers, they can, they can preach so much that they'll say spaghetti and meatballs, and the congregation say, yes! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Pork chops, ah! All it has done is stirred your emotion. You might as well have been at a football game or a basketball game or a concert that's not even spiritual. We must discern. And my final point, because God got me all messed up off my notes, is that I say that because not every encounter with the Lord is pleasant. Uzziah had an unpleasant encounter with God in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 because he was presumptuous. He was so successful and so blessed that he started, stepped out of his lane and wanted to offer sacrifices to God, which was not his duty or his place. And so God struck him with leprosy, and he ended up dying a leper. He ended up dying outside of the community of God. Why? Because when God confronted him before he was going to do his foolishness, God confronted him and said, no, with, with the priest that said, no, don't do this. And he said, I'm going to do it anyways. There are unpleasant encounters where God is saying, I know we want the encounters of blessings and favors and, and healings and deliverances. I, I want all that. But there's some encounters where God is going to say things that you don't want to hear. And sometimes those things are through your spouse or your parent or your job. And so I want to pray for you. Let's all stand. I want to pray for your hearts that 
when the Holy Spirit encounters your heart, that you will say, all right, I may, I may, not, like, I may not like how this is going, but Lord, I know this is you. The Bible says, who the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects. If you've never received the correction of the Lord, that means either you're not listening or you're serving the wrong God because God will correct us. He will correct us. Father, I thank you for your people who are here. Could you just take a minute just to worship God and say to God, thank you for sending this word. And Father, help me during this season, this week of, of prayer and fasting. I, I need you to encounter me. Some of you need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Paul says, and I think it's Romans chapter 5, the outpouring of love in the Holy Spirit. Because your encounters are always, neg are always negative. You're always putting down yourself. You're always saying things like, oh, here I go again. And God's like, that's not me. I love you. You're, you're the apple of my eye. Stop listening to those voices that are lying to you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Father, help us as PT to be a healthy church, a, a place that's healthy, a place that, that we, 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 want to, we want to obey you, we want to follow you. We want to love you. Thank you, Jesus. So every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, now's a good time to receive him. Not religion, not church, but to receive Jesus. He wants to, he wants to do life with you. And maybe things were said that you're like, oh my goodness, it's like God was speaking directly to me. That's an encounter. The word encounter means face-to-face, -face, opposite. God is speaking. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, whether you're in this room or online, you want to give your life to Jesus and you say, Bishop, could you just please pray for me? We're not going to have you come up here or anything like that. But if you would lift up your hand and, and you're saying, I want to receive Jesus Christ, I'll, I'll pray for you. Just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Anybody here, we want to receive the Lord. Never done it before. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. There another you want to give your life to Jesus? Want to give? Okay, so let's everybody say this prayer that way. The person who lift their hands in up, being self-conscious. And if you're online, whether you're watching live or you're watching the recording, you can you can give your life to Jesus right now by saying this prayer. So everybody repeat this prayer after me, especially those of you who raise your hand. Dear Lord, I come to you this afternoon, and I. I'm saying right now that I'm a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But Lord, you said in the scriptures, whoever calls upon your name shall be saved. So Jesus, 
I'm calling upon you. Save me. Make me a child of God. In your name I ask it. Amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer, Jesus has come into your heart. Amen. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And if you gave your life to the Lord, raised your hand, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you said, you know what, I'm going to do this, God sees your heart. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, the 9, people look on the outside, God looks at your heart. So even if you didn't raise your hand, but you said, you know what, I need Jesus, he heard that prayer. And so what we want you to do, if you made, if you, if you gave that prayer, we're going to ask you to, if you're online, please contact us so we can make sure that we'll give you a free Bible and give you material necessary for you to, to, to grow in Christ. We're not asking you to join our church. This is not some, you know, bait and switch thing. No, this is about Jesus, not this church, Jesus. And those of you who are in the room, you see Jesus, please see one of the members of the welcome team and they'll make sure that you get the material you need to grow in Christ. And speaking of the welcome team, I'm going to ask the members of the welcome team to come right now, uh, particularly those of you who are here this morning, any members of the welcome team that weren't here this morning. Yeah. Even if you're not on, even if you're not, schedule for being on the team this morning, we still want you to come. And could we give a hand for the welcome team? Amen. 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 Wow. Wow. Thank you. Um, we, we, we want to thank you. You all, see, it's, you all make me look good. They say that 80% of people who leave a church has nothing to do with the pastor. And you are the first people that people meet when they come to PT. And I've heard so many stories about people just because of their smile, just because of their, it's a rough world out there. And sometimes the roughness of that world, sadly, gets taken out on you all. And so I wanna, I, I wanna publicly thank you for all that you've done. And, and you know me, I'm not just thanking you with words. Come on, Lady Common. We, we wanna just bless you. Uh, don't worry, this isn't Oprah, it's everybody get in the car. <laughs> but it's just, we just wanna say thank you for serving. And those of, and, and we hope that more people will become uh, members of the, of the uh, welcome team. It's hard work and I want, if you could, I wanna, I wanna speak a blessing over you. I wanna speak a blessing over you our morning prayer team is, is studying the book of Galatians. Uh, last week was Galatians chapter 1. This week, meditating on Galatians chapter 2. But I'm going to leap to Galatians chapter 6 and give you a Galatians chapter 6 blessing. But before I do, those of you in the audience, could you put your hands forward? And just for one minute, I'm looking at the clock. Just for one minute, could you just pray over these individuals? Father, bless them, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord. God, we're just so grateful for these, these men and these women who, who serve your house and serve people. 
we want to be one of the most welcoming places in Cambridge. Not one of the most welcoming churches, but one of the most welcoming places. People are hurting. People have had a tough week. And the last thing they want is to come into God's house and be mistreated. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that these individuals are a blessing to PT. Strengthen them and bless them and honor them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Before I bless you, Jason, could you come up too? This is Jason. He works so hard with the Sunday school. God bless you. Thank you, sir. You welcome our children. Thank you so much. And God bless you for being here. He was at the Straighten Out Sunday School in 345 Washington Street, and now he's here again to be ministered to. God bless you, Jason. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Amen. So let me say this blessing over you, and then I'll say the closing blessing for the church. And so based on Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 10, I bless you not to be deceived. I bless you not to be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever good you have been doing, you are going to reap it. For those who sow to their own selfish desires, shall the flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But those like you who sow to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I bless you, Lord have mercy, not to be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we don't know when that season comes, but in due season, you shall reap good if you don't faint. And as you have, therefore, an opportunity to do good unto all people, especially unto those who come into our church, do it for the blessings of the Lord is upon your life. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Remain here. Just remain here. Remain here. You don't have to go back. We can close right now. Those of you in the audience, everybody put your hands out. I want to bless you with a final prayer so that way everybody can be dismissed at the same time. This is a common prayer blessing that I found that I really love. May the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ go with you this week wherever he may send you. May the Holy Spirit guide you through the wilderness where life is totally out of your control. May God protect you through any storm of life that you may encounter this week. And may the Holy Spirit bring you home with, with rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. Yes, may the Holy Spirit bring you back here with rejoicing through our doors. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Everybody say, I received that blessing. Have a fantastic week. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. 
We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Well, before you take your seat, could you tell somebody it's good to see you here this afternoon? Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Ah, this uh, God is good. I know you were... I know you, you all were probably expecting me to carry on, but you all only did one service. <laughs> ah, my goodness. Woo. Ah, praise is the Lord of my life. Praise the Lord. Besides the uh, praise team after I minister, they got a treat for you.
after the sermon, so you better get ready. Amen. As you know, this is uh, Back to School Sunday where we anoint, uh, actually we give out these vials of oil where you anoint yourself and we bless you. And so uh, we'll give you further directions, but um, we want to bless you as students, as teachers, as professors, as instructors. We want to make sure that you bless for these, this school year. Um, those of you who may be interested in joining our church, uh, we, uh, just because you come here regularly does not mean you are a member or a partner. Uh, we have classes, uh, no worries, not like, no, it's not like a year of classes, it's only two classes, uh, and it's on Zoom, so that way you can plug in, and um, you take two classes, and uh, then you will be able to join the church. Uh, it, we, we always think that it's good to know what kind of church you're joining, what this church believes. Is this the place where God is leading you? Um, is it the right God fit? And so uh, we invite you, we start this Saturday, and you see all the information on Zoom, uh, on the uh, slides. Also, we are getting ready to start our small groups again, where we have, yes, it's good to come on Sunday morning, but if you want to really get plugged in and connect with people, we also have uh, small groups that we call uh, more community groups, more uh, in a smaller context where you can make some connections. So please feel free to uh, plug in uh, as you hear more about that next Sunday. And then, of course, uh, we have a ministry fair. Those of you who have been here a while, your partners, and you said, hey, I want to get involved in a ministry, uh, we have a ministry fair where you'll get some exposure, some information about the ministries in Pentecostal Tabernacle and something that this service gets that the other service doesn't get is that is we have also uh, after next week's service uh, a international uh, lunch for well actually it's more of a dinner and so uh, you want to be out because I know the food's going to be wonderful and after this service we'll have a reception in front of the Amigo school where you get to also connect and we have some prizes and all that good stuff. Um, so we're really grateful for the presence of the Lord in here, and uh, we're glad to be back at two services. Of course, uh, you know, God is um, doing some wonderful things as we continue to follow him. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 9, and I'm reading in the King James Version. Since in the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train, that is the end of his robe, filled the temple of the Lord. Above it, the seraphim angels, each one had six wings, two wings to cover their face, two wings to cover their feet, and two wings by which they flew. Verse 3, and one angel cried to the other, and said, holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts, or the Lord of heaven's angel armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice 
of him that called and cried and the house was filled with smoke or the house was filled with the presence of the Lord. And then, I, then said I, as in Isaiah, woe is me for I am undone. I am incomplete. I am not, I don't have my stuff together because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among the people who also have unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then flew one of the seraphim angels to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he took with tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched your lips, and your iniquity, as your sin has been taken away, and thy sin, thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin has been purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I, Isaiah, said, here am I, send me, and he said, go. I, I want to speak to you again this morning on the House of Encounters, part two. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for uh, so many uh, people you brought to this place. Thank you for all of our first-time guests, and thank you for those who are just here, uh, not only in this room, but also those who are online. And I thank you for those who will later watch this recording. I pray, Father, right that now that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power that people will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. I also bow the prayer, another prayer from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of your calling. Help us to know, Holy Spirit, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of Christ that is in each and every one of us who are the saints, the called out ones. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So we, uh, for those of you who um, this is your first time here, we have been in a week of prayer and fasting where we have uh, laid aside food so that we can spend time seeking God and pursuing God. And one of the uh, reasons why we, or the main reason why we are seeking God is because we're asking God uh, over these next three months, this last quarter of the year, to do three things. Number one, we're asking God to make this church, our church is a house of encounters. That is, a place where you encounter not nice music, not nice singing, not okay preaching, not nice people, but where you encounter, where people who come into our church buildings, they encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Number two, we want uh, people to be um, touched by, so touched by God that they have hearts of worship hearts of worship. Now, by worship, we don't mean up here singing slow songs, you know, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, here I am to worship. Here, that they, Like, we call those worship songs, 
but that's not what we're talking about, a house heart of worship. A heart of worship is based on Matthew 6, verse 33, a heart that seeks first, that seeks first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Seek first what God likes and all the other stuff shall be added to you. That's a heart of worship. That's a heart of worship. That is a heart that puts God in a position of value, in a position of worth. And then finally, we want God to put in us a hunger for his word, a hunger for his word. Jesus quoting uh, Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, where God says, man shall not live by bread alone, but man will live, a woman will live, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Job said in verse 23, verse 12, um, that I've esteemed the words of your mouth. I want the words from your mouth, God, more than food. And also, um, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, I think it's around the fourth verse, where he says, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Tell the person next to you that God has more for you. But tell them also, but you got to be hungry. God is looking for hungry people. That's, that's what fasting does. It, it, it creates a hunger for more of the things of God. And so that's why we were fasting. But God, we, we really, what I wanted to focus on is that this will be a house of encounters. And, to, and so what I want to describe to you, what we're looking for, and I believe what you need. Amen. What you're looking for, what we're looking for, but also what we need. Uzziah, uh, he, he, when he died, he marked, his death marked two types of dates. The, and what, what we don't realize it, is that there are two kinds of time. There is, in, the, in the Greek, there's chronos time and there's kairos time. Chronos time, from which we get our English word chronology, and so we say this Bible, this, there's a Bible that's written in chronological order. Uh, you know, 1700s, then the 1800s, and the 1900s, that's chronological order. And so, and then there's, so we have our watch. And our watch says, uh, today is uh, September the, the 18th. It is 2022. Uh, that is chronos time. It, 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 that is the actual time, the actual date. But then there is Kairos time. And Kairos time marks an event, a moment that has marked your life. Are you following me so far? So for example, uh, 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 Queen Elizabeth II, she passed away on September 8th, 2022. That is Kronos time. When she died, when did she die? It was September 8th, 2022. But then her death also marked Kairos time, meaning that there was a shift. There was a transformative moment. For example, now you have people, because she was the ruler, uh, the, the royalty of England for 70, for 70 years, most people uh, only had a queen in their lifetime, but now, you may know that her son Charles has now uh, taken over the throne as king. So now there's a shift. How do you go from having a queen to having a king? Are you following me so far? But also, it, there's, there's Cairo's time means that also there seems to be a day of reckoning where, where uh, uh, nations 
in areas that were colonized by Great Britain. You have uh, the Caribbean islands like Barbados and Jamaica and Trinidad, etc. You also have the Virgin Islands. You have uh, uh, nations in Africa, you have uh, India, you have all of these nations that, that naturally have people of color or places where back in the 15, 16, and 1700s that, that Great Britain has enslaved. Now you have people saying this is the day of reckoning and we're not trying to hear about England's royalty anymore. You have people who, who uh, who, who, who wear uh, uh, shirts and, and gear that says decolonize, meaning that we had enough of this. It's quiet in this place. And so why is, why is American uh, like, oh, the queen has died and, and long live the king. Uh, the, the people who are under, who are colonized, they're not trying to feel that. So there's a shift, there's a moment there's a Kairos moment. And many of you have had Kairos moments in your life where something happened on a particular day. We just went through a Kairos moment last week. When you say 9-11, it's more than just a date. And if you ever get an opportunity, every one of us need to watch uh, the documentary on 60 Minutes of what people went through, lives that were lost. And we were watching it we were watching it last night, and by accident, we were thinking of watching something. We, we were, thought we were watching something else, but we were watching, and I remember this, this black woman, and, and what happened was it was a Kairos moment for her because, yeah, it was 9-11, but the morning of 9-11, uh, a, uh, a white firefighter said to her, hey, let's, let's switch shifts. I'll take yours and you'll take mine. And the person who see, she switched shifts with, he got killed in the, twin, in the towers. And I, and I remember they're interviewing her and she's weeping and she said, she says, my fear is from years from now, 9-11 will just be a flip of a page and people will not remember. My point is, folks, is that this was a Kairos moment for Isaiah. I believe one of the moments was because a good king, a hero king, a king who did good things made one mistake and it ruined his life and he ended up dying a leper. He ended up dying an outcast. And there's some of you who are sitting right here who God has, through his grace, you've made more than one mistake. Can I get amen? For some of you, you shouldn't even be here right now, but for the grace of God. And I'm going to tell you my story a little bit while about the transformative Kairos moment, that, that, that encounter that I had with the Lord that shifted everything. See, uh, but I need to define what an encounter is. An encounter is a brief or chance meeting, meaning that, meaning that you may want an encounter, you may plead for an encounter, but encounters do not happen on schedule. They, they happen almost by accident 
but they're not really accidents. They happen because God has a certain time for you to have an encounter. It is a brief or chance meeting with someone or a thing that is an event that's especially unexpected. It is to engage in a conflict with. Now, what does that mean? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16 says, um, says that Paul is talking about the Spirit and he's talking about God reveals to us things by the Holy Spirit. And he says, uh, he says, the natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And what he's saying is basically is that when, some, when God speaks to us, sometimes it comes in conflict with what we think should happen. And so many times, uh, the word uh, encounter it comes from the old French word, which means in opposition with, meaning that it seems like God is telling us to do something, but our brain is saying that doesn't make sense. Our brain or our hearts will actually fight what God is saying. And so, what do encounters with God look like? Encounters with God look like two things. Number one, they're unexpected. They're suddenly. The other thing about the, the, the encounters with God is that they are conflicting. They, they will cause you to wrestle. They'll cause you to say, this doesn't make sense. And, and yet, at the same time, you know that you're faced with something that you have to make a decision on. Are you hearing me? I, I, and I'll, I'll share this. Uh, I remember I had an encounter with the Lord as a senior in high school. And as a senior in high school, I played football. And I remember uh, I, I, uh, I was, you know, believing that I was going to be one of the captains. And I was sitting in a church service minding my own business, and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and he said, Brian, I want you to give up football and quit. And I said, the devil is a liar. Get thee behind me, Satan. And usually the thing, <laughs> usually we're rebuking God, but it's God telling us to do something that we're not feeling. Am I preaching to myself? And I, 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 I fought it all service. Have you ever had God tell you something and he won't let you sleep? Can I get a, can I, I, I don't want to feel by myself. And you, and you, and you try to rebuke it. You try to say, this is the devil. You try to say, this is my mind. Maybe I'm a guilty, feeling guilty. But God kept dealing with me during the service. And finally, uh, you know, uh, uh, my face was looking like, like I lost a loved one. And I remember my friend came over and said, hey, Green, after service, hey, Green, what's up? And I said, go on, go football. And... I remember going home and, because that was a Sunday, so the next day was Monday and I was going to go. Uh, I, I wrapped my, my shoulder pads, my, my helmet, and I carried it in ready to turn it in. My coach uh, was actually a former uh, Patriot 
His name was Adi Graham, played back in the 60s. And I remember walking into the locker room and just looking at you know, all the stuff that's in the locker room and the guys, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm never going to play with my guys anymore. And just as I was ready to talk to the coach, the Lord said to me, don't quit. And I was like, were you messing with me now? Had me all crying and weeping and, <laughs> and now don't quit. And he said these words. He said, I just wanted to know if you love me more than football. Oh, it's quiet in this place. Sounds like God's been dealing with some folks here for a few months. It's, it's quiet in here, hon. God, you have an encounter with God when he says, let me, let me look this way. Well, he says, give up that boyfriend or girlfriend. Start hanging around with certain people. But they're my friends. No, stop hanging around with them. Leave that job or leave that space. Like God, for some of you who've been walking with God, Jesus said this, if any man is going to come after me, he's going to have to take up his cross. Sooner or later, God is going to ask you to do something that's going to be uncomfortable. We, we, the problem with a lot of the stuff you see on Instagram and all these messages is that they lack one thing. They lack a cross. Jesus was not on the cross saying, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. He said, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Sometimes encounters with God make you feel like you've been abandoned. When we look at encounters in the scriptures, Jacob had an encounter in Genesis 28 where angels are ascending and descending. And what was interesting is that he woke up after the encounter and he said, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't even recognize it. Sometimes you don't realize God has been dealing with you until you look back and say, wow, that was God. When I lost that job, that wasn't my boss being a jerk, that was God. I am preaching, but that's all right. Moses had an encounter at the Brenton Bush in Exodus chapter 3, verse 2, to get, God, to get his attention. Joshua had an encounter in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15, where God basically says to Joshua, you know, you, you got to understand, Joshua was making his plans. He sent out spies, and he's making his plans for how he's going to conquer Jericho. And God says, excuse me, scrap those plans. I got new plans. What's your new plans? I want you to walk around this wall 13 times, and on the 13th time, shout and watch the walls come down. Are you kidding me? Samuel had an encounter in 1 Samuel chapter 3 as just a boy raised in the house of God. Zechariah had an encounter in Luke chapter 1 where he thought he was too old to do something for the Lord, too old to have children, and God said, no, I'm going to use you. Stop talking about retiring when it comes to the things of God. God doesn't call you to retire. He called you to refire. 
That was a good word, especially for those of us who are over 60. Praise the Lord. Mary had an encounter in Luke chapter 1 where she's saying, look, I'm a teenager and I'm poor. And you're talking about the Messiah is coming through me? Yes. Because the scripture says, uh, or Paul says, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God gets you in schools that you don't deserve to get in where your grades are all jacked up because he wants to make sure that when he blesses you and puts you in places, nobody, people, God wants to do something in your life where people look at you and say, I don't know how that happened to you. Turn to your name and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. People ask me, people ask me, no, every once in a while, how did you become pastor of Pentecostal Tabernacle? And I say, I was the last man standing. <laughs> I counted about 10 people who were supposed to be pastor before me, more gifted, more older, more experienced. And what God did, he sent foolishness in the church, foolishness in the church. And everybody left said, I'm out of here, and I did too. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. You stay here because you're going to be pastor. I don't want to be pastor of this messed up mess. Yeah, I actually said messed up mess. Some of you thought I cursed. No, I said messed up mess. And, and, and God said, no, 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 no. And, and now I realize that's, oh, let me preach here. Sometimes God sends trouble to move people out of the way who were in front of you. Now, so you don't, so you don't get, get mad at me, turn to your name and say, neighbor, when trouble comes, don't leave, because that could be your blessing. Everybody leaving a crazy job and God's keeping you there because he wants to promote you. Your encounter could be painful. We loved to, uh, we used to sing a song growing up in church. Um, uh, Elder Need, you remember? I want, I want that kind of blessing. Everybody know that? That saves. Help me sing it. Keep. Fire the soul. Sing for these young people. I know, I want that kind of blessing till billows of heaven o'er me roll. When Jacob met the Lord upon that lonely night. See, we sing that. And we're clapping. But Jacob wasn't like, I want, I want. He wrestled with the angel, and the, the angel left him with a limp that lasted the rest of his life just to get his name changed to Israel. Years later, he's walking. Hey, Daddy, what's wrong with your leg? Well, <laughs> Me and an angel, we had a tussle, and I won. That's what Israel means. I fought with the Lord, and I won. And I imagine his kids were saying, I wonder what the angel looks like after if you look like that. But my point is, is that sometimes encounters will mark you for the rest of your life. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Maybe, let me say it this way. Sometimes... When you have an encounter, I have no organ, so I need to keep preaching. Uh, the Ethiopian 
eunuch has an encounter in Acts chapter 8. Philip is transported into a desert with this Ethiopian who just so happened to read, be reading the book of Isaiah, and he receives Jesus Christ, and he gets baptized, which lets us know how so often you can be lied to with the scriptures, because there is this, the, the Bible clearly shows us that Europeans did not bring the gospel to Ethiopia and the African nations. Well, let me just help, let me just help you here. Christianity were in many of these countries before missionaries from the Americas and Europe showed up. Can't I preach? See, this is the Bible. You need to read your Bible. Cornelius wondering, hey, how could God want to choose and pour out his Holy Spirit on me? I'm Italian. I'm a Gentile. Because, see, God is always moving outside of the box. The Jews thought that, oh, Jesus is only coming to save Jews. And, and God's like, no, no, no. I'm going to do something in, a, in an Italian that's, that's going to blow your mind. And it blew, it blew Peter's mind. He went back to report what happened. And he's like, I can't believe what happened. He happened with these 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 Italians either, and, and, and I was there. Encounters to mark our lives. And I believe that our young people need an encounter with God that will mark their lives. Because you see, let me talk about myself and some of these stories I'm going to share. My mother's, I hope she don't have a heart attack because this is the first time she's hearing some of this. And uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm a bishop now. I'm a bishop. I'm a pastor. Okay, calm down. Like, well, how do I come? Come, I didn't know this because the Lord wanted to keep your, keep your heart. But <laughs> she's like, what is he going to say? I, Mom, I'm... I'm a bishop now. I'm saved. I pastor churches. Uh, I'm faithful to my wife of almost 40 years, but it's okay. So anyway, so, uh, but I, but I want to show you how Satan had me marked where he was going to destroy my destiny. He doesn't wait till you're in your 20s. He starts as soon as he can. So at the, um, so I got, I became, I, I'm, a, I'm a church boy. I was raised in church, raised in the church. I used to sit, me and my brother Kevin, uh, if you're in PT North, we used to sit where all the keyboards are, that we used to sit in the front pew, the front pew front pew, and we'd, we'd sit up there and, and, and sing some of the, sometimes, I mean, it's okay, but everyone, you know, sing some of the driest songs. Like, like, you ought to be happy, Lord over my life, Lord, you're like, no, no, that wasn't happening when I was, and, but God was starting to do something in my heart as a kid, like a Samuel. Sunday school, and then uh, when I was about uh, 11 years old, became very good in baseball, played Little League Baseball. Then when I was 12, I was real good. I was, I was in the process uh, of breaking the home run record uh, for the city of Somerville. My name was in the paper all the time, and so you're starting to get this popularity. And, and um, so, 
you can have older cousins, like four years older than you, five years older than you, and when you're 12, to have a cousin, like you're in junior high, and to have a cousin in middle school, and have a cousin in high school, that's like, yeah, that's my big cousin. But when you have a cousin, I had a cousin who was 10, like 10 or 12 years older than me, so he was an adult, and I was like, well, I got a cousin who's a man. And my cousin, uh, he lived upstairs from us, so we were on the second floor, he was on the third floor. And my cousin, back then, you're gonna understand, um, maybe you have to Google this kind of stuff, but back then, you know, the big thing was having an afro. Yeah, and my cousin had an afro. And my cousin, he could dance. Now that was in the funky chicken just came out. Now I'm going back. But he, but he could do it smooth. He wasn't like, <laughs> no, he could do it smooth. And he had, he, he had a, uh, he bought a new car. The color was like gold. And he had, I know for some of you young people, you're like, like um, but this was, this, uh, this, this was new back in the day. He, see, back in those days, if you had a radio was, and your car was an AM radio, if you had an FM, if you had FM on your radio in your car, you were the dude. My cousin had an eight track stereo in his car. Eight track, now you know, I don't even know what to compare that to now, but, but I was like, oh man. And he had all the, he had the stuff. So I was like, he's my, wow, this is my cousin. And so I would sneak up the back stairs and climb through the window in his apartment. And so now I'm 12. And I would go into his, uh, his, his record collection. And he had, like, again, this is when they just came out. When they just came, he had the Jackson 5. He had a Temptations. He had, he had all the new records. And I would play them because, you know, my father's a deacon and my mother is, you know, Mother Green. And I didn't have nothing, you know. <laughs> back then, it was, like the, it was like the Iron Curtain. Like, you knew choirs, James Cleveland, and, but you didn't, the only time you heard, uh, the only time you heard uh, uh, secular music was when the Ed Sullivan Show came on. Okay. <laughs> Now, some of you, I'm sorry, this is generational, so Gen Z's are like, what the heck is he talking about? Google all this stuff. <laughs> so he had all the records, and I'd played them. That's how I knew all the new records. And then I would sneak back downstairs, you know, and so one day I opened up his refrigerator, and I saw, oh, I saw this bottle called um, Ripple. And I said, let me drink this. So I was like, oh, this is delicious. Okay. Okay. And then snuck up again one time and I saw my mother's having a heart attack. And I saw this thing called Boone's Farm. And I was like, oh, let me taste this. I was like, wow, this is good. No, Ripple. <laughs> 
Ripple was the wine back then, and Boone's Farm was the wine. Okay, okay, okay. Now, yeah, now people, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, no. And a Ripple, Boone's Farm, what, what, the, what the old McDonald's had a farm? What are you talking about? And then I see this other drink, and it says screwdriver on it. Now, for those of you who've been saved all your life, I thought it was just orange juice. But it was orange juice and vodka. And so now I'm drinking Boone's Farm, Ripple, and screwdrivers. Now, I didn't. Now, here's the thing. While I'm thinking about encounters, I didn't realize the Lord was saying to me, the devil is trying to make you into an alcoholic. And I remember being in, at, at, at my, my junior high school, Western Junior High. Those of you who go to Tufts, the Tufts Administrative Building was my junior high school before it became the Tufts Administrative Building. So, you know, this ninth grader came to me and said, hey, Green, I'm seven to seven. I got this jungle juice. You want to drink it? And I was like, Jungle juice. But you know, you got the peer pressure going on. Y'all are quiet now because you peer pressure. And so I, I drank it. And the same kid who offered me the jungle juice eventually became an alcoholic. And I could see, I didn't know, but the enemy was slowly pulling me into alcoholism. And then he was also slowly pulling me into being addicted to a pornography because any and, and and it's not like I had Playboy magazines or, or my cousin had Playboy magazines or, but he starts subtly I used to the group back then was the Ohio players and if you ever see the album cover of the Ohio just google it and you'll say oh and so if you can imagine a 13-year-old boy who's just reaching puberty and, and everything's firing on all cylinders, and you're seeing this cover, uh, especially the one with the album Honey, Lord have mercy. <laughs> so you have to go, when, see, when you, when you Google this, you'll, you'll, you'll say, oh, you'll have an encounter. And, and so the enemy is, 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 is starting to put his clamps on me. I'm almost finished here. And then at 13 years old, we had a revival service. April 1972. And the power of the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and saved me. And something instantly changed. And I remember, you know, you get in high school and they're offering you beer. And I took a sip of beer and I was like, oh, I don't like this. I realized that God was basically saying, I need to mark you now at the age of 13 so that you can make it through your teenage years and your college years unscathed because I have a woman for you, a woman of God for you. 
and, and, and you're destined to be a pastor, and you're destined be, to be a bishop, and you're destined to be a, a chaplain for the police department, and you're destined to, do, to travel to, to Romania and Colombia and Africa. You're destined to do all those things, but you don't know that at 13, so I gotta have an encounter with you so that you're able to say to all the temptations, no, 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 no. What God has for me is too important that I'm not messing this up for what you have. And no amount of teaching, no amount of Sunday school, no amount of church can compensate with having, compensate with having an encounter with the Holy Spirit where you cannot unsee what you saw. And that's what I want for you young people. I want you to have an encounter with God that when you get in here, you can unsee what you saw. And it will mark your life. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Maybe right now you're having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Maybe right now what I'm sharing is, has so described your life, you're like, who, who's been talking to this guy? I'll tell you who's been talking to me, the Holy Spirit. Because he, I, I have never, I've been in ministry, I've been ordained since 1987. I have never shared this story, never. Hadn't even, never, never even came to my mind until as I was praying last night about what I'm going to share tomorrow. And he, the Lord brought it to me, said, Satan, the devil, wanted to ruin the destiny I had for you. But I needed you to have an encounter with me at the age of 13 that would so mark you that 50 years later you could still talk about it. I want that for you. Right now as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, whether you are in this room or you are watching online, and you got the sense that God is speaking to you. Maybe you were raised in church like me and, okay, yeah, being raised in church has wonderful advantages. Going to Sunday school has wonderful advantages. But there is just nothing that can compensate for a person having an encounter with God. Where you, and it, it, says it comes in all shapes and sizes. Elder Ken spoke a few weeks ago about having an encounter with God at the age of four. And as I gave you that list, God encounters all sorts of people, all different ways. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9, he was on his way to murder Christians and had an encounter. Certainly he wasn't seeking God. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and saying, Bishop, could you just pray with me? Because I know God is speaking to me. Just pray for me. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not even going to ask you to stand. 
but I am asking you, I'm going to ask you to, to raise your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. And so if you're here and you say, I know God is speaking to me and I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, could you slip up your hand and, I, and I'll see that and I'll pray for you. I just want to make sure I don't want to miss anybody. Praise God. I think I see that hand. Any other hands? Just want to make sure. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. I see that hand. Awesome. I see that hand. God has purpose for you. God has purpose for you. Amen. So, so those of you who slipped up your hand, could you just raise your hand high because I want to lead you in a prayer. Raise your hand high so I can see it because I want to lead you in a prayer. I, but I want everybody to say the prayer so that the people who are raising their hand to receive Christ, they're not like feeling self-conscious. So everybody repeat after me. But those of you who are raising your hands, you're, you're saying this to the Lord. Dear Lord, I come to you. And I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But Jesus, the Bible says, if I call upon you, you will save me. So Jesus, I'm calling upon you right now. Come into my heart. Save me from my sin and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing that prayer. And right now I know I'm your child. Can we give God praise for that? Now, you may leave here and Satan, whose name means opponent, and it always amazed me that people will believe in God but they won't believe in Satan. So then when crazy stuff happens, they say, why did God do this? God didn't do it. So he's going to speak to you and say, man, nothing happened to you. Girl, nothing happened to you. You're still the same. You didn't feel anything. This ain't about feeling. This is about faith. I was born an American citizen. I don't feel like I don't like come out of my mother's womb and say, oh, beautiful, spacious. No. I, I'm just an American. I'm just a citizen. And my point is, is that you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven because you just became born in the spirit. And so it's not, don't, don't go with the feelings, but I'm, I guarantee you there will be times where you will sense his presence. You'll say, oh, 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 oh this is for real. And so uh, those of you who raise your hand, uh, somebody may have passed you some information, or if they didn't, please see one of the welcome uh, folks, and we want to make sure that you get a Bible and all that you need. Those of you online who accepted Jesus Christ, we want to make sure that you get all that you need. At this time, uh, we want to now bless the students. The word bless means to speak words that empower for success. And so what I'm going to ask is uh, uh, those of you who have the vials, welcome team, if you can come up here. And, uh, and so I'm going to have the other ushers. If you can, like, yeah, just move, just move a little. Yeah, nope, nope, you're right. You're, that's good, that's good. And you can turn yours the other way. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. And so uh, those of you who are teachers 
and students. If you, if, if, if you could stand and if you can come under the direction of the ushers row by row, uh, I, I mean the welcome team, uh, so we can start from the back and take your, and take your, uh, everybody come up the center aisle. Yeah, this can be, yeah, you, you'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, yeah. Come up the center aisle and then, I guess, and then, yeah, then, thank you, honey. And then let's go to my right, your left. Yes, yeah, school administrators. Uh, if you if you if you work at a school, just just make sure you get your oil. Students, you work with students. You're a tutor. So come up, soil here. God bless you, God bless you. It's gonna make a difference. I'm telling you, this is gonna make a difference. My mom who was here, she prayed for me all through high school and all through my four years of college. It makes a difference. students to stand. If you're a student, I'll have, I want you to stand and then after this we'll get to the um, education professionals. But if you're a student and you have a bottle of oil, I want you to stand. Before the pandemic, we used to anoint people with oil. But after the pandemic, one of the things the Lord said to me is, People need to know how to anoint themselves. And, and regularly, almost daily, unless I forget, I anoint myself. And there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, where it says, the blood of Jesus Christ will free my mind from dead works so that I can serve God. This is where the battle is. So what I want you to do I want you to take the oil and you can just go like this and just anoint your, just anoint your mind, just anoint your forehead. The word, the word anoint literally means to smear with oil. And this is olive oil and it symbolizes the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit, but it symbolizes him. And, and I want you to weekly to to pray over your own self. God, anoint my mind. Lord, help me to have the mind of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 16. 
Lord, help me to think God thoughts. Help me to think Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. How many things on whatsoever things are pure and of good report. If there be any, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, uh, in the King James Version says, as a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. So this, these, these things that God wants on our minds. And so what I want you to do now is you have anointed your mind. I want you to put out your hands as if you're receiving something because blessings are to be received. The word bless, one of the definitions of the word bless is to speak words over people that empower them for success. And so this is a blessing for students. Father God, we bless these students from preschoolers to postdocs, or doctorates, as you say, with grace for success and your grace for strength to apply themselves to learning. Father, as they encounter subjects that they find new or difficult or tedious, we bless them to receive your rewards of success insight, fresh inspiration, and fresh revelation. We bless these students with the working of your Holy Spirit in their hearts to cultivate knowledge, patience, endurance, and discipline. We bless each student to grow and mature, to humbly serve your goals and your kingdom purposes. Father, we bless them with a deepening knowledge of your truth, and a finer discernment and awareness of all the ideas that they will encounter during their educational journey this year. Holy Spirit, guard their minds against error. Holy Spirit, guard their hearts against all temptations. Holy Spirit, guard them from all temptations, including pride when they're doing well or shame when they're not doing well. Father, bless them. We bless them, God, with discernment and wisdom to be guided from error, to receive your knowledge and understanding, and to be led by your truth. And finally, may God bless the labors and efforts of each and every one of you during this new school year with tremendous results through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody say, I received that blessing. Amen. You may be seated. That's right. You can give God a plus. This is going to be a different year for you. Amen. Student, not student, teachers and professors and school administrators and those of you who work with schools, could you stand at this time? Some of you may be in both categories, which is all right, because I want to bless you as well. Put out your hands. Hopefully, did you, well, did you anoint yourself first or make sure you anointed yourself? Take some time, open that bottle of oil and anoint yourself. And when you wake up tomorrow, anoint yourself again. Some of you may want to anoint yourself once a week. Some of you may want to anoint yourself every day, but anoint yourself. Put out your hands to receive the blessing of the Lord. Those of you online, you can do this too. This is a blessing for those who teach. Thank God for um, Reverend Jeff Bonnison. It, I, he gave me this. It's from a book of prayers for litur liturgy, a liturgy for students and scholars. And so and it's talking about every holy moment. 
Holy God, we bless those who teach with an increased knowledge and passion for the subjects they teach. May you bless them, God, with the Holy Spirit's skill in their instruction and to increase their effectiveness as mentors. Father God, bless them to take joy in awakening the love of learning in their students. Bless them to recognize the giftedness in each of their students, as well as the ability to encourage and provide support wherever their students may struggle. Father God, may your love and, your, and the peace of Christ surround and flow from each teacher and staff member into their classrooms and into the hearts of their students. We bless them in all of their interactions with administrators, staff, and other teachers and parents. May each of the schools in which they teach or work become joyful, healthy, safe, and holy spaces because of their work. And finally, may God bless the, the labors of each and every one of you during this new school year with fruit for God's world and God's glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. Amen. God bless you. Praise and worship team. Would you come up at this time? Amen. And could you stand? I just want to bless everybody as we get ready to worship for this one final song and after which we have a reception afterwards and uh, some wonderful nice prizes for you as well. Paul gives a blessing, a short blessing in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, where he says, May the grace, well, why don't you put out your hand, I'll bless you, and then we will hear the praise and worship team bless us. Well, I can hardly wait to hear this song. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of Father God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you throughout this entire new week, now and forevermore. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. Come on, praise team. All right, we got a little treat for y'all. Is that all right if we do it? Y'all gonna hang out? Technically, he dismissed y'all, but ignore that. <laughs> Come on, y'all. So everyone around me 